let's take a look at the telecom space. Earnings are right around the corner, and Greg Williams is with us, analyst covering cable and telecom services at Cowan. Thank you very much for being with us. I mean, the first thing I noted was, uh, you're, you know, you have some near-term potential downside, at least in part, at least for one of the names in your list here. Tell me about the overall industry. I mean, you think wireless and telecom could still outperform, right? Sure. Uh, the industry is in the middle of a battlefield right now as the big three carriers try to win that 5G narrative. Then you have disruptive cable coming in at lower price points, um, disrupting that industry. Despite all of that, uh, we do think that the wireless stock, by and large, should outperform the broader market, um, simply because they're more defensive stocks. They could um, more easily navigate through inflation and or a recession. So why is it that, and not to pick on Verizon, but you said near term, there's potential downside. Why is that? Well, first of all, I think they're going to be losing consumer uh, subscribers this quarter, where AT&T and T-Mobile will be adding subscribers north of 550, even 600,000 phone subscribers this quarter. Um, Verizon has been taking a strategy of extracting its existing base. They are about a year behind in 5G compared to T-Mobile in coverage and capacity on their mid-band spectrum. So instead of trying to go out there and win the subscribers now, you know, they're going to try to play catch up with T-Mobile, extract subscribers, um, uh, you know, hiking up their prices a bit and getting them towards unlimited plans. But they're going to lose subscribers, I think, this quarter, in consumer subscribers at least, uh, in the process. And their margins are going to be a little tougher uh, as they have aggressive promotions out there. I'm sure management doesn't like to hear when, you know, they hear that people feel that Verizon is a little behind the eight ball when it comes to 5G and moving forward, whereas T-Mobile certainly has more coverage and AT&T, you said, was adding um, subscribers as well. In the meantime, they all seem to be raising prices and fees. Um, they're passing on some costs to the consumer. Are they doing this successfully? Um so far, so good. I mean, we find that wireless and cable, for that matter, we're in this post-pandemic, you know, connectivity era. The criticality of connectivity is there. So they're able to pass on these price hikes. And they're not doing it directly on the rate card on their premium unlimited plans right now. They're doing it on the fringe. They're doing it on, like, the shared data plans rising last week. They're doing it on subscription or, or admin fees. Um, you know, T-Mobile's doing it on upgrade fees for in-person upgrade fees. So they haven't really raised the, uh, the, the rack rate rate card that you, you know. Um, and so far, uh, we're seeing that. But maybe in the future, in the second half of the year, if we do see recession, um, there could be some ARPU pressure as subscribers uh, by no means would ever disconnect their wireless, but go to lower tiered plans or even flock over to lower uh, value carriers, such as even prepaid or, or cable. Well, that was something that also caught my attention, where it was cable mobile, right? Um, things that we probably weren't really thinking about, you know, Charter and Comcast and Altice and, and offering um, post phone net ads. And uh, I mean, this is a little out of my comfort zone when I start to hear about this, because that's not what we normally would talk about. Right. So uh, cable. I mean, are they going to take market the share? Yeah, they certainly are taking market share. Uh, we have them adding 662,000 subscribers this quarter. Um, that's about a third of the win share for the quarter. And we see that momentum continuing. And what they're doing is, uh, and what's disruptive about them is they really don't have an economic mandate for profit. You know, T-Mobile's margins are in the high 30s and, you know, 40 plus percent margins in Verizon and AT&T. Cable doesn't really need to make margin because 
The deal is they're bundling uh, their wireless play to go and protect their cable broadband um, subscriber, which is their bread and butter. That's their baby. That's what they want to protect. So they're going into wireless, um, accepting low margin and, and in turn lower price points. Uh, and so with that, they would uh, have good success stealing um, a lot of share from the big three incumbents. Right. But as you said, the big three, you still think wireless will still outperform the broader market in general, a little more recession proof or whatever you want to call it um, overall. Right. AT&T, Verizon and T-Mobile. When you think of also about dividends, right, these are often dividend payers, too. You, would you say to buy all of these three at this point? I wouldn't necessarily say to, by the way, we do like Verizon on that dividend play. And we do like T-Mobile very much because despite the battlefield that's happening, mm -hmm. T-Mobile doesn't even need the top line to win. Um, they could rely on the stock to work just on the sprint synergies alone, which are huge free cash flow step up. But yeah, if you like the dividends, um, you know, AT&T and Verizon are giving a healthy dividend in this market. And um, yeah, T-Mobile doesn't give a dividend, but we think their stock could work despite, despite the, uh, the battlefield that we're seeing. Greg, thank you so much. Greg Williams, analyst covering cable and teleco services at Cowan. Thank you, Greg.